Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. All right, we're talking about the importance of God's Word this morning. And of course, we started this study about three or four weeks ago, but we had some other uh, meetings in between. So this is lesson number three uh, that we're going to be picking up. And so um, let's pray and we'll, we'll get to it. Father, we thank you for the privilege of studying your word together this morning. We study it in the name of Jesus and by the power of your Holy Spirit, asking that your spirit would give us ears to hear it, hearts to receive it, minds that are open to it. Father, change us by what we hear from glory to glory. Encourage us, motivate us to step out and step forward to do the word of God, to be doers and not just hearers only, to walk in the counsel of the Most High. And Father, we believe we can shine as lights in the world of darkness. We believe we can hold forth the word of life to this generation and reach their Father God, the masses and the multitudes with the life-changing truths of the gospel. Be glorified, dear Father, in all that's said and done in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. We're talking about the importance of God's word. And let me ask a simple question. How important is God's word to you this morning? How important is God's word to you? A quick review of some of the things we've already said to Jeremiah. He says, his words were found and I did eat them. And they were to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. And then Job, he said it this way. I consider God's word more important to me than the food that I eat. That's a pretty powerful statement, wouldn't you say? More important than the food I eat. So it's more important to feed on the word of God than to feed myself physically is what he said. Then also we talked about uh, the fact that God inhabits humble, contrite people who truly tremble at his word. Now remember Psalm 22 verse 3 says he inhabits the praises of his people. Right. He inhabits also those who have a humble, contrite heart and they tremble at his word. In other words, his word is so powerful to them that it makes them tremble quake with reverential fear over what God has spoken and what God has said. Also we talked about only God's word can answer three of the most important questions you can ever ask anywhere in any setting, especially in a college setting. Number one, where did I come from? Number two, why am I here? Number three, where am I going? Three important questions that every person has, especially young people and growing up. Hey, mom, dad, why am I here? Why? Where'd I come from? Where am I going? Well, the Bible is very clear on the subject. And if you turn to other resources to try to answer those questions, you're going to run into a lot of problems because you're going to find yourself being deceived by lies and experiencing false beliefs. Think about this, the theory, Darwin's theory of evolution theory. You know what a theory is? It's a supposition based on the ignorance of the subject under discussion. It's a theory. That's why it's called a theory. There are no facts. And what about uh, the Big Bang theory? It's a theory. It's not based on facts. It's a theory. Then you're going to have a belief system, for example, like reincarnation. 
Oh, glory, we can come back as a fly. <laughs> Just waiting for that to happen, aren't we? People buy it. They believe it. Because they have no foundation for their belief system. And then some believe in annihilation. Oh, it doesn't matter what you do, how you live, because when you die, you're dead like a dog. It doesn't really matter. Wait a minute. That's not true. And that's not what Jesus taught. And that's another subject. We'll get into that possibly. But today, uh, what I'd like to do is talk about the third question. See, the first question is, where'd I come from? God says he made you and not you yourself. He made men in his image and likeness. And female and male and female made he him or them. Why are you here? Because God made you a free moral agent. And you're here to glorify him. And he must have you prove to him what you're going to do with this free moral agency. What will you choose? Life or death? Good or evil? Blessing or cursing? That's why you're here. To prove to him what you're going to do with free moral agency. Number three, where am I going? Well, since you asked the question, look at Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. Where am I going? And we're all going to the same place. So let's uh, understand this. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. Notice the word judgment. Where are we all going? We're all going to be judged. Whether, gonna, whether you're a believer or a non-believer, we're all going to a place where we are going to be judged. And no one can escape judgment. Judgment day is ahead of all of us. And we understand, we should understand that if we don't understand that it is. There's a lot of scripture we're going to go over real quick, but I want you to listen to the words judge and works throughout these scriptures. Look at Second uh, Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of what? Judgment to be punished. Look at chapter 3 and verse 7. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store reserved unto fire against the day of what? Judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So there is a day of judgment. Look in the Matthew chapter 12. So these are many different witnesses. This is Jesus himself. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of what? Judgment. So every believer is going to be judged. Every unbeliever is going to be judged. And what they're going to be judged for is their works. Look in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 14. For God shall bring every work into judgment notice the word work into judgment with every secret thing whether it be good or whether it be evil look at revelation 20 and verse 13 and the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man notice every man judged according to their works notice the words judged and works. Then look at First um, Peter chapter 1 verse 17. And if you call on the Father who without respect the person judgeth according to every man's work past the time of your sojourning here in fear. Notice again judge and works. Matthew 16 verse 27. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels and then he shall reward every man according 
to his works. And finally, Revelation 22 and verse 12. And behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. So notice the word judgment, works, rewards. Every person is going to enter into a place where he or she is going to be judged for his or her works, whether they be good or whether they be evil. I can hear some people's thoughts out there, but wait a minute, doesn't the Bible say that by grace are we saved through faith and not works? Absolutely. But let's read those verses first and put some things together. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. For by grace are you saved through faith. Okay. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But don't stop there. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So now notice. We've been saved by grace through faith. What's another word for faith? Belief. Belief. And then not by works. What's another word for works? Behavior. So how do we reconcile these two points? How do we say that we're saved by grace through faith and not by works? When he's talking about judging every man according to his works. Two words will answer the question. One, belief. Two, behavior. Our belief, what we believe, will determine where we spend our eternity. Our belief. Our behavior will determine how we spend our eternity. It's our belief that gets us to the place where we're going to be judged for our works. You don't get there by your works. You get there by your faith. But once you get there by your faith, your works are going to follow you in and you'll be rewarded according to your works, the things that you have done in your body here on the earth. So, our belief. Look at Revelation chapter 14 verse 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are they, are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Notice, their works follow them. The works don't go before them. Their works follow them. The Jews believe that their works go before them. And based on their works, that'll determine where their destination is going to be. But that's not what's being taught. What Jesus taught, the truth is this. Your faith determines your destination. Your works or your behavior determines how you spend your eternity. In other words, the rewards that you experience and receive. So the truth is this. Anything and everything you do for Christ on this side of heaven in your physical body will be rewarded on the other side. Your faith will take you to heaven where you experience the judgment seat of Christ. A person's faith in anything other than Christ will take them into, I'm sorry to say it this way, but let's be bold enough to do it, hell. Hell. 
Well, they were experienced the punishment they deserve for their works. So there's two places we're going. The present heaven or the present hell. And when people die on this earth, those who have faith or believe in Christ will be ushered into heaven where they will then be judged for their works or their behavior. Has nothing to do with their eternal destination. But their works will determine how they spend their eternal destination. The non-believer who believes in things like reincarnation, the Big Bang Theory, etc., etc., anything else outside of Christ will be lost. And their belief, not their works, their belief will usher them into a place called hell. And in that place, they'll be judged at another judgment seat, the great white throne judgment for their works. And we'll get to that in a minute. And they'll receive their degree of punishment in that place of suffering. So it's not based on their works. It's based on their belief. No one is lost based on their works. They're lost based on their belief. It's by grace we're saved through what? Faith or what we believe and not of ourselves. Your works will re you'll be rewarded for your works on the other side in glory. So it's important to get these points understood and straightened out. You say, how do I know that for sure? Well, let me just give you a quick scenario here. And by the way, the person that gave this is not me. His name is Jesus. And I believe he's somewhat qualified to make statements and give stories about life, death, and eternity. He talked about two men that lived and two men that died. One was a rich man named Lazarus. I'm sorry. One was a beggar named Lazarus. And the other one was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen. And so, so, he just absolutely had a wonderful life. He had all kinds of slaves and servants that took care of him. He had high off the hog and all that. Well, it came to pass that this beggar died, and in Abraham's bosom, he was comforted. It came to pass that this other guy, rich man, died, and in hell, Jesus said, he lifted up his eyes in torments, and he saw Father Abraham afar off and said, Father Abraham, send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger and cool my tongue, because I'm tormented in these flames. And Father Abraham said, no, nah, son, we can't do that. There's a gulf fixed between the two of us. We can't cross over to you, and you can't cross over to us. He said, well then, if you can't help me, Father Abraham, I've got five brothers left on the earth. Would you please send Lazarus back from the dead to go tell my five brothers about this awful place of suffering? I don't want them to come here either. He said, no, I can't do that either because even if one were raised up from the dead, they're not going to listen. They've got Moses, the prophets, they've got the law. They could just listen if they want to and they can avoid that place of suffering if they want to. But even though someone's raised from the dead, they won't listen, he said. And we know that Jesus has been raised from the dead for 2,000 years. And you kind of wonder how many people are really listening. But here's the point. One was a place of suffering. One was a place of comfort. And so we're going to go one of two places based on not our works, not on what you do, but on your what? Your belief, your faith, what you believe in. Okay. So that's important to get that straightened out. There's a lot. There's a big message here. This guy's in a place of suffering. He can't be helped. What does he want to do? I've got five brothers. Oh my goodness, if I could just make some transition from this place to the earth and tell my five brothers, you don't want to come here, man. Get your life right. They become an evangelist. I call them a flaming evangelist. <laughs> In the fires of hell. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. Boy, what a time to start preaching when you're in that place. But nobody can hear them. That's sad, isn't it? Pretty sad. 
But he was concerned about his five brothers. He had awareness. He had memory. Consciousness. He had pain. Suffering. He had feelings. Emotions. And that sort of thing. Okay. Notice this. This is from the New Living Translation. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen for the things which, are, which we see now uh, will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. And what's Paul saying? Every single one of us is going to be rewarded for the things we do for Christ and suffer for Christ on this earth. And you know what? There's more Christian suffering in our country like never before. But the thing you stand for that you suffer for right now and you do for Christ will be rewarded on the other side. So your faith in him will get you into heaven and your works will determine the rewards that you experience when you get into heaven. But now the opposite is true. The person who is a non-believer who has no faith in Christ but his faith is in himself or maybe his own belief system will be ushered into hell and in that place he'll be awaiting what is called the great white throne judgment where he'll be judged for his works and then punished accordingly. So look at John chapter 3 and verse 16 and this is, uh, I'm sorry, verse 36. 316 is such a wonderful scripture. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Notice the word believeth. Belief is what gets us into heaven. He that believeth not the Son, notice they don't believe, shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Do you know that everybody in the world has the wrath of God abiding on them until they accept Christ? And when they believe in Christ then, thank God that wrath is removed from them. And we'll get to that in a little bit also. There are two judgments. The judgment seat of Christ, and there's also the great white throne judgment. So let's first look at the judgment seat of Christ, because it answers, where are we going? Well, a believer is going to heaven, where he then will await the judgment seat of Christ, when he'll be rewarded for his labors, in other words, his service for Christ on the earth. Look at 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. For we must, half of us, some of us, a few of us, how many of us? Look up all in the dictionary. It means all. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Everyone. So where are we heading? As a believer, you're heading into heaven or glory. And what are you awaiting? The judgment seat of Christ. At which time you're going to be judged for the works. In other words, the life that you lived upon the earth. The service that you did for Christ. Look at Romans chapter 14 verse 12. A very hmm, eye-opening verse. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Every one of us shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. It's called the Bema or the Bema judgment seat of Christ. And give an account of ourselves to God. Uh, hey Bill, did you walk in love when you were on the earth? Did you give to support my work on the earth? Did you forgive your fellow brother or sister when you were on the earth? Did you go to church and serve me? Did you read my word and study? Did you pray for the success of the kingdom on the earth? 
Give an account as to your life. Did you love your wife as Christ loved the church? Did you care for your children? Did you educate them in the word of God? Did you teach them the right way to take the right path? Or were you just so busy in other things that they just took up all your time and you had no time for these things? Here's important scripture. Look in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. How we live matters and the things we do matter on the earth in our physical bodies. Someone says, but I'm a believer now and I've got it made. Yeah, you do. You're, you're a believer and you're going to go to heaven. But you're also motivated to live right, to do right, to serve God in some capacity on this earth. Every one of us is called to serve. Let my people go that they may serve me. Not the devil, the world, or the flesh, but serve me. Isn't that what we're taught? Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Mm -hmm. So these things are extremely important. This might be a little bit of a tough message. I haven't preached in three weeks. Give me a break. Okay. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. This is your life and your foundation. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, notice, notice the building materials. Gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is if any man's work abide which he hath built thereon or thereupon he shall receive a reward if any man's work shall be burned he shall suffer loss but he himself shall be saved so yet so as by fire so what's he saying we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and everything that we've done for him on the earth in our lives, whether we suffered for him or did good deeds for him, they're going to be tried by fire. And what's it trying? My motive, my manners, my methods, they're all going to be tried by fire. And notice it's gold, silver, and precious stone. Well, what happens with those three materials when they're tried by fire? They're purified, right? But wood, hay, and stubble when tried by fire, what happens to that? It all burns up. So in other words, if my motive was wrong, I may have done the right thing, but my motive was wrong, that'll be burned up. I won't get rewarded for it. But if my motive was right in what I did, praise God, I'm going to get rewarded for that on the other side in glory. And so there's many rewards for us to have on the other side if we will live right and do the right thing with the right heart, with the right motive, with the right manners and methods. Now, notice also in Matthew's Gospel chapter 6, Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise you have no, what? Reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou doest thine alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Who will reward thee? The father will reward you openly. So what's he saying here? When you're living on the earth, and you want to give someone, um, let's say $5, put in a half a tank of gas, or half a gallon of gas, or something like that. Don't stand there with the trumpet sounding your alarm 
Hey, everybody, look at me. I'm giving so-and-so five bucks. Glory. Oh, what a good guy you are, buddy. Pat you on the back and all that. You got your reward. Your reward is of men. Right? Got you all puffed up, man. You're a good guy. But when you get to heaven and you're tried by fire and you say, well, Lord, I gave so-and-so five bucks. Whoop. It's all burned up. Yeah, you got your reward already because you said what you did and everybody on earth applauded you. So what's he saying? Store for yourself up treasures in heaven. Don't let anybody know what you're doing. Serve the Lord with your life. Honor him with your giving. Give in such a way so as to be motivated by love for people and having compassion upon humanity. Don't let anybody else see what you're doing. When you pray, do the same thing. He said, when you fast, he said, do the same thing. Do it in secret. So your father who sees you in secret rewards you openly and you don't have the reward of men. So in other words, we're storing for ourselves up treasures in glory. Look at Matthew 6, 19 and 20. You see the same principle here. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, corrupt and where thieves break through and steal but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and thieves do not steal or break through and steal so in other words you're storing for yourself up treasures on the other side we should be doing this on the earth in the lives that we live as again living a life that honors God prioritizing your life putting God first your marriage second your children third and then the list goes down from there your job your church etc investing in the kingdom of God investing in your marriage investing in your family investing with your friends investing in your country etc etc you will be rewarded for all those things on the other side in glory so like some people say well I don't need to go to church in order for me to be, be a better Christian but the Lord said honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy Let's, let's honor him. Do what he said to do. So we should be motivated by a love for God and a desire to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Look at Daniel chapter 12. You talk about your degree. How are you going to spend your eternity? You want to glow brightly? Three of you want to gr glow brightly. The rest of you want to be dull and... <laughs> And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life and some to, everlast to shame and everlasting contempt. Notice the word everlasting in there. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. The degree of your glory will be dependent upon how you represent Christ even to other people and share the gospel and witness to other people. And the more you bring to Christ, the brighter and brighter and brighter you get. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, ladies, that's good shopping. That is some good shopping, ladies. How's this look on me, bright? Well, look at this one, brighter. And that one, oh, that's the brightest. Take that one. See, your degree of clothing in glory will become brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter the more you lead other people to Christ and share the gospel. And the more you work for Christ and do what he's asked you to do, the more you serve him, whether you're giving announcements or praying an instrument or using your voice to sing or whether you're ushering or praying a prayer or whatever you're doing out there to helping somebody, bringing cookies for the firemen. Doesn't matter. You're doing it for Christ. Can you say amen? We're not going to look at all these scriptures, but under point E, crowns are going to be given out. They're going to be handed out. 
There's the incorruptible crown, the crown of life, the crown of rejoicing, righteousness, and also the crown of glory. You can look those up for yourself, but these are the crowns that you're vying for. This is what you're wanting to experience. You're already going to make heaven because of your belief, but now there are degrees of glory and degrees of rewards so that you can have a greater resurrection. Amen. Don't you want to have a great resurrection? The greatest resurrection? Everything you do for Christ is going to be rewarded on the other side in glory. And those are the crowns that you could be looking for, praise God. But notice Mark 9, 41 to show you how simple this is. This is not difficult. This is very simple. For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his, what? Reward. A reward. Remember Jesus said, hey, people are going to say, Lord, when did we visit you? He said, when you saw somebody in jail, you visited, you visited me. When you went to a hospital and you saw somebody, you visited me. When did we give you something to drink? When you gave anybody a cold glass of water, you did it for me. Because you see what you do for others, you do for me. And he says, everything you do for me in this earth, no matter what it is, you will receive a reward on the other side in glory. So Paul talked about it this way. Olympians, they, they train themselves. Why? They want to win a corruptible crown. A gold medal. But he said, you know what? I'm not looking for a corruptible crown. I'm looking for an incorruptible crown that fadeth not away eternal in the heavens that will remain with me throughout eternal glory. So in other words, he's saying the effort an Olympian puts into practice and, you know, training himself in order to win the prize of the gold medal, we should be even more involved in training ourselves to win the highest prize of all, the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. And so you see, this is what this is what we need to hear today. This is what it, this Christian life is all about. It's not just accepting Christ and that's all there is to it. Because you see, there's a lot to gain on the other side in glory. Amen. Okay, now let's look at the other side of this. Let's look at those who are lost. And it's a sad scenario, but many will be lost. But look at Revelation chapter 20, beginning at verse 11. This is called the great white throne judgment. Now remember this. They're there not because they were bad. They're there not because maybe they robbed a bank. They're not there based on their deeds. They're there based on their belief. Well, it doesn't matter what you believe, and I believe in reincarnation. Okay. I'll be glorified with the Lord, and you'll be like a frog. Have at it. See, if I'm right and you're wrong, hmm, you got a long road ahead of you. If you're right and I'm wrong, I lived a good life on earth. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't bother me one way or another. But if I'm right and you're wrong, hmm. You ready for it? Here it goes. Now this is called the great white throne judgment. And this is reserved for non-believers. They don't believe in Christ and his finished work. They believe in themselves. They believe in other things. They believe there's many ways to get to God. Mm, it's all wrong. Jesus says, I'm the only way, truth, and life. Nobody comes to the Father except by me, right? Okay, and here's what it says. I saw a great white throne. That's why it's called the great white throne judgment. 
And him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. You know, before I even read the rest of this. A man can be so bold on this side of heaven. So bold. I was doing a funeral service one time. And this fella got up. Stretched real big. Didn't like what I had to say. Thought he would just get on me by saying, I have no fear of God or man. Doesn't matter. Buddy, you could talk as bold as you want. Quick testimony before I read the rest of this. There was a preacher that came into town, took over this church. And there was a, a, an atheist who lived in the town who was notorious for any preacher that would come in to give him the hardest time he possibly could. So he gets a hold of this pastor, goes over to his place of dwelling, and he starts talking to him. He says, I just want you to know something, pastor. I don't believe a word you have to say. As far as I'm concerned, you're a hypocrite. And what you say is wrong and blah, blah. He just went down the line and all these different things that he said was wrong about this preacher. And the preacher just said, it's appointed that the man wants to die. And after this, the judgment. Hebrews 9.27, that opening text that I used. Well, the guy just went off. And he said other things about church, about God, about his belief and all that. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in any of that stuff, blah, blah, blah. He said, the pastor said, same thing. It's appointed that the man wants to die after this to judgment. So in other words, it doesn't matter what you believe. It's appointed you're going to die. And when you die, you'll be judged. He must have said it about 20 times. And all the guy said was, all the pastor said was, after this to judgment, after this to judgment, the fellow walked away, frustrated because he couldn't get him to an argument. He couldn't get him into strife or division. He walks away, comes back sometime later and says, Pastor, I want you to know something. When I walked away from you, all I kept hearing ringing in my ear was judgment, 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 judgment. I'll let you know I gave my heart to Jesus. I'm born again. Don't fight. Don't get into strife. Just sow the seed of God's word out there. Just put it out there, praise God. And let God be the one to give the increase. Amen. Okay, let's read the verse. And I saw the dead, small and great. And I saw a great white throne, small and great, stand before God. Notice this. Small and great. Doesn't matter what your status is on earth. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the, everybody say books. Is that singular or plural? Books were open. And another book. Everybody say book. Notice books and book was open which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their what? Works. And death and hell were Cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the what? Singular or plural? Book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Notice book and books. The book stands for belief. The books stand for behavior. Can you see it? And because their name was not found in the book of life, they were sentenced to hell 
And their sentencing is going to be based on, let's say, where they spend or how they spend their eternity will be based on their behavior. Do you know there are different degrees of behavior for people who are non-Christians? I've often heard this said. Oh, that person can't be lost. They're so sweet. They're so good. They do wonderful things. They do nice things for people. And we say, I know that, but you can't make heaven based on your works. You've got to believe in Jesus. You can't get to heaven on works. It's based on belief. So no matter how good they are, they won't make heaven if they don't believe in Jesus. Because he's the one that paid the price. Can you see that? Okay. So it's based on their belief. That's why they're there. Now, the books are open, and in the books, he's going to read. Hmm, pretty good person. Helped people, did this, did, did that. And, yeah, not, not too bad. So their degree of punishment's not going to be as bad as the other book that's uh, books that are open. Hmm, he was a rapist, a murderer. Oh my goodness, and whoa. He beat his wife, he beat the kids. Oh my. How many of you know there's degrees of suffering? You know that? The, the suffering of the person who didn't live that kind of a life style won't be as severe as the one who has. But they're both lost. Why? Because of their belief, not because of their behavior. So let's look at it in Scripture. Look in uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 21. Woe unto thee, Chorazin, woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, now notice this, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which had been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. Think about that. What did Jesus say? If the works I did here among you would have been done in, in Sodom, they would have repented and remained to this day. But because you have seen the works that I did and you haven't repented, it'll be more tolerable for them than for you. What does that tell us? It could be more tolerable. It could be less tolerable. So there are degrees of punishment as well. So to correct this thinking, the way that people have the way of thinking about faith and works, your faith is your belief. Your works are your behaviors. So, faith gets us into heaven or hell, or a belief does. Behavior determines the degree of glory or the degree of suffering. So we can't separate these two. It's going to happen. So why am I here? To prove to God that I'm going to live my life to glorify Him and use my free moral agency to serve Him. Where did I come from? He made me and not me myself. So I'm not here for myself. I'm here for him. Where am I going? One day I'm going to die. And when I die, praise God, I know 
I'm going to be with him in glory. I'm going to be rewarded for the works that I've done to serve him. So all my effort and labor is not in vain in the Lord. Labor Day weekend. Labor for the Lord. Look in the book of Romans. Chapter 2. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasured up for yourself, treasured up. Do you remember Jesus said to the believer, store for yourself up treasures in heaven? Okay. Treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds or works to them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation, and against upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile, but glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentiles, or to the Gentile. So he is saying you can either store up treasures in heaven or you can store up wrath upon yourself. And it's going to be stored up based on behavior, not belief. You see, belief is going to take them into that place of suffering. So it's not determining your destination. Your works aren't. Your belief is. So in conclusion, we're all going to die. Anybody here planning on not dying? Raise your hand if you're planning on not dying. I'm not talking about the rapture now. Should Jesus tarry his coming, are you going to die? Mm-hmm. We're all going to die. Well, we're all going to be judged, of course, for our works after we die. But where we're judged, what judgment we attend will be based on our faith, what we believe. And so if we believe in Christ and make him our Savior, we're born again, we're going to go to the judgment seat of Christ. Which judgment seat would you rather attend? The judgment seat of Christ or the great white throne judgment? Three of you want to go to the judgment seat of Christ. The rest want to suffer at the great white. How many of you would rather be at the judgment seat of Christ? I thought so. <laughs> well, you're just going to be rewarded for your works. But those that don't believe, they're going to be at the judgment, uh, the white, great white throne judgment where they're going to be receiving of course, their punishment. In the book of Romans chapter 5, I want you to see this. This is so important. God has made a way for all of us to have a glorious future. Isn't that wonderful to know? He made a way for us to have a wonderful future, a glorious future, a beautiful future. But in order to have that, we have to be in Christ. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. How are we saved from wrath? Through him. Not through what you do. Not through what I do. Let's put it this way. Every single one of us was abiding in the wrath of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Every one of us was a child of wrath before we came to Christ. And everyone who's out there in the world who's not in Christ, they're a child of wrath also. 
among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. It goes on to say, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, for by grace are you saved. So in other words, here it is. If you can see this, here's me and here's Jesus. I stand before God. He looks at me. Before I came to Christ, his wrath was all over me. I was a child of wrath. But then I said, Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need saved by grace. I can't do it on my own. So Jesus, come into my heart and be my Savior and Lord. His, his wrath is lifted off me and placed on Jesus who bore the wrath of God for you and for me. And he says, Bill, I justify you because I put all that on my son so you could be free. So be free. I stamp you approved. I stamp you cleansed. I stamp you forgiven by the blood that he shed for you. Oh, somebody better shout. Hallelujah. You're acquitted. Not by your works. You're acquitted by his blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Look at John 3 and verse 36. Now this is from the NIV version. We're almost done. Who, whoever believes in the Son, notice belief, has eternal life. That's your destination. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life. That's their belief. They reject the Son. They think there's other ways. For God's wrath. What's that next word? Remains on them. Even though Jesus legally took the wrath of God for them. Because they will not believe on him. God's wrath remains on them. Oh, thank God the wrath of God has been lifted off. And oh. And look at our closing text. Oh my, aren't you glad for Jesus? And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath of God to come oh you better shout you better stand and shout you better lift your voice on high you better praise God oh hallelujah the wrath was placed on him hallelujah we've been set free who the sun sets free is free indeed free from the wrath of God free to experience eternal glory so, I suggest that we all, now that we know we believe in him and we're saved, serve him.